Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, great you could join us today. We've got some very interesting things popping up on the show, and uh, this will be the last one before the new year. So, stick around, stay with us, and uh, hope you enjoy it. Well, let's think about all the things that have happened in the past year. And there's been quite a lot of things, haven't there, really? Um, if you look back to January, there was still all the disruption overhang from the previous autumn period. And, of course, holdups at ports in Los Angeles, Long Beach were just coming to an end. We still had container box problems. There was lockdowns in China. There's been problems with labor shortages. And in the United States, those have been quite severe, high demand for labor, wage rates gone up generally. And similarly in the United Kingdom and in Europe, demand has been fairly high for labor. And because of the cost of living pressures brought around by Putin's war in invading Ukraine, that really has bumped up prices of food. Uh, Food inflation in the United Kingdom on average is about 16.5% as the year closes. And it's similar elsewhere, but some items are lower in their increases than many others which are much higher. So uh, so certainly been problems. And all those problems have led to people wanting wage increases, which is not unusual. So as they wanted wage increases, of course... And if they didn't immediately negotiate a satisfactory wage increase, then guess what happens? Strikes. So there have been a lot of strikes and potentially there's still a lot of strikes to to trickle along. So we'll have to see. Inflation has been the real driver for government activity and they've been pushing interest rates up in the United States and in Europe and the United Kingdom. Interest rates have gone up. And this is central banks and the Federal Reserve, trying to dampen demand. And it's demand that they see has been a problem pushing those prices up. But as things come more into balance in the next few months, the expectation is that interest rates might ease, inflation might fall. And when that happens, perhaps some normality will return to the global supply chains and to global economics. But there are still problems on the horizon because we've still got the problems with China not working to normal capacity, but that's expected to ease too during 2023. And we've still got the problem of Russia. Basically, the war in Ukraine is having quite an impact on Russia too, and that's beginning to worsen economic conditions in Russia. Uh, So it's not good for anybody, this, this, uh, this war and uh, especially the people who are involved. And it's always the people, isn't it? It's always poor people that get affected by the actions of military leaders because they can't do anything about it. So shame on everyone that thinks war is a good thing or a good solution, because it ain't. And as far as supply chains go, that war has been very disruptive to raw material supplies, to food supplies, particularly grain out of Ukraine and Russia, to oil and gas coming from Russia to the rest of the world. Now, of course, there is a restriction on the price that people are prepared to pay for Russian oil, which is set at around 60 US dollars currently. But the demand for Russian oil has fallen away rapidly. 
And of course, that will force people to seek different solutions for their energy production. It will probably generate a lot more research and development into alternative fuels and into fuels that are green and don't damage the planet. And so oil could very soon become just like coal, not something that people want to use. And of course, many people would be glad to see that happen in in their supply chains because it would mean that they wouldn't be polluting the planet and the energy being used would be green and renewable. So wouldn't that be great? Away from the geopolitics, other developments have happened. And those developments are in digital transformations. More and more businesses have decided it's important to invest in digital transformation so that they can obtain visibility in the supply chain. And that's something that really is very important for most organisations. As things become more uncertain, more risky, and there is disruption, at least if you've got digital supply chain technology in place, it means that you're going to have a forward window on what's happening in your supply chain. It also means it's easier to track and search for possible holdups and perhaps to secure interventions more timely than in the past. The other thing that struck me during the year is how professional supply chains have become. That's not to say that they weren't professional in the past, but I think people working in supply chains now understand much more about those supply chains than perhaps they did in previous decades because the technology has given them an eye, a window on their world, which has really helped them to manage the flows within their supply chains and between different organizations. The silo mentality in many organizations does not exist as it did in the past. And where it does exist, they're probably breaking down as best practice is passed between organizations. And I've listened to lots of people talk about this in person, online. I've seen people write about things. I've seen people do webinars on these topics. Uh, And the only thing I can say is that the professional approach of most people who talk about and work in supply chains has improved immensely in the past decade and probably in the last two decades. And talent in supply chains is an important issue. Having the right people in the right place at the right time is just as much a a necessity as having those goods in the right place at the right time, at the right price, etc. So the way in which skill sets are changing is also important and the types of skills that are required in supply chains, that's changed significantly during the last decade. And I think more and more people who manage the flows within the supply chain are really now focusing on those analytical skills to get better understandings of the levers that they have at their disposal to manage those supply chains. And that to me is a big issue that uh, has risen to the surface within a short period of time. Supply chain education has also changed significantly. If we look back to 20 years ago, most courses that you could do that had supply chain components in university-level courses tended to be in operations management. But now, today, they are much broader in their coverage and yet more focused. Now, I know that sounds slightly at odds, but what I mean by that is that you see supply chain management programs 
as a core part of business degrees. You also see focused supply chain courses for specific industries, maybe shipping supply. It may be for digital supply chains. But there are very, very different educational offers, which I think is helpful and creates a healthy mix to help the next generations coming through who want to work in supply chains. And we even have master's degrees in supply chains as well as undergraduate degrees, but we have lots of executive courses in supply chains and we have lots of focused short courses and trainers able to deliver supply chain knowledge in different ways. And of course, the rise of the internet um, as a means of education has actually helped that immensely because it means that you can learn from people around the world. It also means that people can share different knowledge and it also means that they can benefit from that knowledge. So the education side has shifted. I think the professional bodies have also been very prominent in pushing forward new opportunities for people to train in different aspects of supply chains. So, for example, the Council for Supply Chain Professionals, the uh, Supply Chain Institute, the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply, um, the logistics professionals in the UK, the US and in Europe, again, putting forward relevant training programs like SILT in the UK, the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, all shaping different educational and training programs for their members or to encourage people to become members, which has changed the nature of what people know. It's enabled them to move within their careers, expand their horizons, and essentially, it's one of the reasons why the claim I made earlier about supply chains becoming more professional actually happens. It happens because people care about supply chains and they provide services to upskill and recruit appropriate talent. So long may that continue. Now, many of the things I'm talking about right now, we've had episodes during the year that have talked about these things. There are many programs discussing the geopolitical changes that have occurred in the year, the disruptions to supply chains, and you can go back and catch those. Take a look at what those episodes are. Go back through the episodes on site and you'll see the preview of the episode, which will give you some indication of what you're interested in. And uh, just search through and see what you are interested in. But there are many shows which discuss some of the important issues that have changed in the past year. We also had a special edition on supply chain skills and knowledge, and I interviewed Regina Fry, who's an associate professor at Southampton Business School. I also interviewed, in the same episode, Owen Plant, O'Toole, who's based at Napier University in Scotland. And they both told me about some of the new courses that they've brought on stream this year for master's degree students in supply chains. And Owen also talked about his work with the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, both in Scotland and in Ireland, and some of the research that was going on. So that was uh, very enlightening, and I'm sure you'll find those episodes interesting. And then there's other episodes that you may want to go back and trawl through. One of the most interesting pieces of research that I did during the year was in relation to the rare earth metals that were being mainly produced by China. 
And in that episode, I talk about the West actually going to sleep while the Chinese are really working hard to dominate certain market segments. And it might be worth going back to listen to that because it tells you a lot about the timeframes that different countries operate in. China are much more strategic, much more long term in the way they set about the task. And I think in the West, for far too long, we've been very short term and it's all been focused around political change periods. So we're looking at four and five year time horizons. Chinese think about 50 years as a similar time frame. And when we talk about resilience, they work very hard over long periods of time to reach their goals. And so we could learn something from that. We could learn how we might think about our own supply chain business differently and indeed more long term in our planning processes. But we also have to move fast. I think another thing that came about during the year were lots of discussions because of all the disruption and the risk over the past couple of years with COVID and with the war in Ukraine and with inflationary rises. A lot more people have been talking about shortening the supply chains. And I talked in a few episodes about how important it might be to shorten supply chains. I also raised the notion of friendshoring, that we do business with people who we consider to be our friends, because that might be a way to go. And certainly other people have latched on to this idea of friendshoring. But that must not become protectionism in any sense. It must become something that's desirable, that we want to achieve, that we wish to make those supply chains better. And it oughtn't to be just about saying, well, let's forget everything we did in the past 20 years because everything's changed now. So we can ditch all that lean thinking. We can ditch all that just in time stuff and we can focus on resilience. That means having more stock in a warehouse because this is what people talk about. They, they talk about resilience as just having more inventory available. Well, that means investment in warehouses. It means overstocking. It means using resources that might never get used because you can't sell the goods. So you have to be very careful about those sorts of arguments and you have to be very careful about protectionist arguments. And there were episodes during the year on protectionism. There was another episode on China, on how dependent the West has become or had become on everything from China, China becoming the workshop of the world. And there's a kind of rebalancing that's taking place and there probably needs to be a rebalancing. But I think there are going to be different hubs in the way we shape global trade in the future. And those hubs are going to be very different than perhaps the way they've operated in the past. But by the same token, no one ought to think that global supply chains are dead because they're not. They never will be. They never have been. There's always a need for goods in particular parts of the world or suppliers from different parts of the world. The economics change and shift in supply chains. There are global shifts that take place. We've had such global shifts because... They've been enforced on us due to the pandemic. But will they remain? Well, we'll have to wait and see. There will also be the political shenanigans from different countries to position themselves differently. Uh, that's always been the way of the world too, searching for power, searching for new roles in the world and actually trying to dominate particular markets. So all those things are what we would regard as normal play in the game. Well, that's it for this reflective review of 2022. And there's a full review of all the episodes that were significant during the year. But this was just a, a quick reflection. And uh, 
a bonus episode, I suppose. For those out there listening, just want to catch quickly where we've travelled in the past year. I wish you and yours all the best in the festive season, and I hope you have a great 2023. Look forward to seeing you and listening to your feedback and comments in 2023. So from me, for now, I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Have a good one. Bye for now. The Chain Reaction Podcast was written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.